cliffcentral.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Digital Influence. My name is Ryan Hogarth, and as always, we're talking about the state of digital, the impact of digital on the world around us, how behaviors are changing among customers in businesses, our workforces, everything is being impacted by digital. So I like to get in people into the studio to talk about this from their perspective, people who are in one way or another at the the cold face of the change in the world that we're seeing. And today I have in the studio a journalist, which I thought would be very cool to talk to because he covers this industry in, in a broad sense and probably more specifically in the area of sort of marketing and advertising and how that's changing and evolving. And since he talked to a lot of people about this, I thought we would uh, pick his brains. In fact, it's a bit of a role reversal. He, I was answering questions for him a couple of weeks ago for a story he was doing, and now I've dragged him into the studio to answer questions for me. So, <laughs> so firstly, Mr. Adam Wakefield, thank you for taking the time out to be here. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. So you're with Media Update. You've been working there a year. In fact, yes. uh, your anniversary is right now. Indeed. Um, but but before that, uh, I mean, you're not an old person, so you're not a sort of old craggy journalist who's who's cynical and been weathered by the industry. Um, yeah. But how long have you been in the business? Uh, I've, I've probably say I've been in the media business for about five years. Okay. Uh, I come from a more hard news sort of background. So okay. I work for SAPA. Prior to his dissolution and also for News 24. Uh, and did a bit of freelancing within that period. I've been all over the place as such. Okay. And, now, and now I'm at Media Update. All right, fine. And I guess my first question should be is what is the comment section on your on Media Update like compared to News 24? <laughs> our comment section our comment section is very quiet. Uh, I know Media 24, they closed down the comment section yes. on News 24 specifically yes. for certain reasons, which uh, I happen to agree with. Yes. Uh, I think comment sections are. Quite toxic, uh, if you ask me. And particularly there, oh, well, listen, uh, listen, they can be fairly toxic anywhere, mm. but, uh, but but they had a particular reputation. Yes. And, um, and if you want, if you were feeling a little too cheerful about life, that was a good place to go to get some. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. So, okay, so you 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 cover this industry. We met, in fact, at a at event. It was a, a yes. launch, I think, by. Um, was it Dell? I think yes, and they were, right. they'd done a, a, a study into the workforce and how that was being impacted by technology and so on. So I guess to, to start off, I mean, have, uh, firstly, as a journalist and, and, and doing the work of journalism is, how is that different today? I mean, 20 years ago, it was all about faxed press releases, but I mean, in terms of sourcing data, finding people to go and interview or developing your stories, let's start there. How's that evolving? I think there's a differentiation in resources available to newsrooms. Uh, in the past, there were only a certain amount of channels for distribution uh, uh, through the newspaper, radio, TV. But since the rise of digital, it's switched the entire revenue model. That's the most important thing that's happened. The whole revenue model of what the news media industry has been built on has changed. Since readership has shifted to the Internet, to online platforms, they're not selling as much advertising as they used to. Subscription rates have dropped, and this impacts upon the bottom line, which impacts upon how many journalists you can employ, what sort of stories you can send them on, uh, how deep you can delve into investigations. So in terms of the business side of things, it's had a huge impact. Uh, there's less experienced journalists in the newsroom now. There's a, what they call the juniorization of newsrooms. Uh, experienced journalists cost money, uh, and it's, it's, it's an expensive business running a news organization, a very tricky one from a business model point of view. And in terms of actually producing the news, you're seeing a lot more multitasking journalists. Just with a the phone, they would do recording, taking pictures, tweeting, uh, even Instagram. 
and podcasts, uh, just as yourself. That's also come up over the last few years. And uh, even online broadcasting, services like Periscope, it, it's changed everything. There's more channels, more news, and there's more citizens doing news. Uh, and it's, it's, Some say it's easier to do. Some say it's harder to do. Uh, there's a bit of a, uh, a lively debate uh, on that subject. Well, I think there's always a, de- a debate about it. Mm. I, I, you know, one of the arguments is are we sort of losing quality journalism to just, yes. uh, just being awash with information mm. rather than journalism? Mm. But is there an argument for, you know, given all these new tools and methods and platforms um, – is there is there an argument that maybe there's better journalism just because there, is, or there are more ways to do it or more ways to source information or I think that's a very interesting interesting way to look at it. There is more information. I think it's both a blessing and a curse. Uh, there's been the rise of fake news sites, fake news that proliferates over social media, such as Facebook, Twitter. You're not quite sure what to believe. Uh, and there's so much information out there, it's become harder for readers and consumers to deduce what is fact, what is fiction. It's also had the effect of, some argue, of putting people into silos. Uh, since they can manage their Facebook subscription feed, for instance, they'd rather follow people that align to their views. Uh, so some argue as mm. we're getting closer through social media, we're getting further away, we're mm. willing to talk less, uh, which uh, has an effect on our political discourse, which, which is very interesting from mm. a social aspect. Well, you should, uh, that's a very good point, because you certainly see it with, uh, with the American elections, if you're following uh, that, that. that. That's an excellent example, yeah. yes. Um, and, and I've become fairly adept at, uh, you know, you always see where the link is going in there. They have some bizarre names. You go, okay, well, that's probably mm. not a legitimate news source. <laughs> yes. All right, fine. Well, let's take the conversation now a bit mm. more broad in terms of, um, the industry itself. And, and, and what are you seeing in, uh, from a, from a point of view of how, People are using digital. How you digital trends in digital? Let's talk digital mm. transformation. Um, uh, with the with what you're covering over the over the last year, couple of years, or whatever. What are your thoughts on digitization of the world? Uh, of the world. From well, yeah, yes. I mean, from your from your from your interactions, the the things you've been covering. Mm. Uh, well, certainly from a marketing point of view. It's a much tougher game because it's a subject that you you know a lot about about how the the relationship between brands and customers has changed. The customers are in the driving seats, as they say, and the buzzword going around is customer centricity. Yes. Where the customer is at the center of everything now, and this relates to how do you find them, the touch points in which they interact with, uh, how do you target them. They're building up a resistance to advertising, ad blockers, which some say isn't such a big impact, but the threat is real, mm. uh, as they say. So within the marketing space, it's a lot of questions of um, coming up with content that your customers want to watch instead of being advertising. Mm. Since they have built up this, in, this resistance to advertising, uh, it's about creating what they call earned media mm. uh, versus owned media and uh, – see, it's owned media, earned media – and the one, the one escapes me, but they want stuff to go viral. Yes. It's about producing content and creating stuff. Can we make this go viral? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Some say you can create viral content. Some yes. say that you cannot. Um, I think, I think you have to ask smarter people than mm. I for that. So, and I, I mean, being in the receiving end mm. of, of the work of PR companies mm. who, and their role itself is also changing and amalgamating. And, uh, and I think absolutely. many of them struggle with yes. it. Uh, from what you're seeing, are they, are they doing it right? I mean, or they, are you just being bombarded with press releases or, you know, sort of self-serving, this is how amazing we are? Or are some getting it right? Or what's the state of that? Are they 
In PR. In PR. Oh, PR, digital has also caused a, a huge shift just from our perspective of what we've observed mm. within the PR industry. There's been a convergence of functions between marketing departments mm. and PR departments. Uh, many of them cross over. Uh, the same instance, Sharon Peel, the head of Flashman Hillard, said at a presentation during Larry's week uh, for the Priest's annual conference. Uh, she gave a presentation about uh, a, a very good case study that they did. And it sounded like a marketing campaign. They fulfilled a lot of marketing um, boxes that you'd normally tick. And it's very much now, if you're a PR company, you should be focusing on the business imperative. How do you add to the bottom line? Because old PR, some have referred to it as just being a media relations department. Mm. Uh, PR, I'd still say that they, in terms of relationships, the relationships they have with uh, Media owners, media buyers, even bloggers now have become incredibly important. Mm. Uh, influencers is also a very popular word that uh, go, goes goes about, which uh, to me sounds like more of an online celebrity. Mm. Uh, they have that strong aspect, and then advertising is more about the creative, but they're often crossing over. And that's created a lot of confusion. Um, if you, if a PR, a PR really needs to look at the holistic picture, the 360 media picture, mm. and how channels work with one another, it's, it's causing disruption, the mm. D word, uh, mm. I would say, in the industry. All right. Okay, good. So then let's go uh, – I sidetracked you a little mm. bit there. Um, from from your perspective, from what, what you've seen and, and covering, how how ready are businesses in general for this wave of digitization? Uh, uh, well, let's start with this question. How – do you think it is understood what digital means? No, I don't think so. I was at a, I was at a very interesting presentation uh, on Friday where a gentleman from Cerebra within the analytics department noted that uh, – Digital, you get businesses that are digital and businesses that do digital. Uh, mm. Digital is still seen by many businesses as something that needs to be done, a, a box that needs to be ticked, but it doesn't work that way. Mm. Unfortunately, he said that there's, there's often, you still have companies saying, all oh, right, we'll find the 22-year-old intern or new employee who understands this stuff, stick him in a corner and he'll manage your social media account. Mm. But it's not a good thing. Social media should be managed either by the PR department or the marketing department, depending on what your business imperative mm. should be. Um, so I would say social media is maybe not taken seriously by enough companies. It's just something that has to be done, but it is very, it's very, very important. A lot of it depends on what goals I think you want to achieve. That's very important in the context of the company. But personally speaking, I think there's a lot of room for improvement in South Africa and also maybe on some of the channels that you use. Oh, they'll have Facebook and Twitter because we have to, but the question is what are you using it for? What are your business goals? What are your objectives? There's no point in using a social platform without objectives behind it. That's what a lot of people in agencies have said. There's no point in crafting something if there's no end goal. We have an open-ended goal. That's not good enough. You need to know exactly what you're doing and what you're looking for to achieve on, on a social platform, I'd say. And do you see... Well, my, my observation, what I observe generally is is often you take a marketing department mm. or PR or some section within a business who gets very excited about the potential of technology and what we can do with it or digital platforms mm. or some as or mobile you know let's get something you know, let's get an app or and and yet there's there seems to be a massive disconnect between them and their ideas and the people running the show the people sit in the boardroom yes. and um and w- w- what's your experience of that or what do you see in 
I mean, I don't know if you experienced much of that. Uh, no, no, it's, it's a fair question. Uh, what what's happening at in in the we'll called the boardroom level versus maybe lower levels uh, of the company? I, I think a lot of it has to do with age gap. I don't want to put people into boxes. You have to be very careful, such as millennials. I, mm. I think I think that's a word used a little bit too broadly in the industry, but. It has its purposes uh, as well, uh, conversely. A lot of it has to do with age. I think if you're an older CEO, to be on top of all the social media uh, and what's happening in digital and how it affects everything, that's why it's important to have the right people below you to inform you on that. Uh, I would say it's more of an age gap than anything else due to the pace being mm. being so fast and so quick. Hence, uh, your subordinates. They, they're the people you need to rely on, uh, teams and people who understand the platforms and know what they're doing. That's just my personal point of view. There's a bit of disconnect, mainly due to age, just due to the fact that you've got digital natives now, Gen Y, Gen X, mm. all these different classifications. Yeah, I'd probably base it on, uh, on an age difference, possibly, at a guess, I would say. So. Okay, fine. And then, so, where, where to from here? I mean, what is, I mean, most people I talk to tend to say that uh, have have a similar position that most are not ready for it. Mm. But you know, digital is one of these things that's here and it's coming. Mm. It's a, a tsunami that's and 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 willingly, unwillingly, we're going to find ourselves being transformed digitally. Mm. And I think the thing that's often missed, and and it's and it's a point I tend to harp on quite a lot, is 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 the question of culture, mm. where. It is a digitization, digital transformation requires rethinking your culture so that you can respond, so that you can be quicker about what you do. You know, um, you know, let's have a Twitter account, but nobody's allowed to tweet until it's been approved by four people. Mm. And by the time you get the tweet approved, uh, you know, the information's old. It's no good. I think you touched on an excellent point, just empowering your employees to manage those platforms to the degree where they can be useful. Uh, and where they can be successful. And just to revert back to your first question on journalism, a company that's, it seems to be embracing the digital first attitude is Times Media. They've amalgamated many of their business titles into one website, making it easier for people to come to one platform mm. to read. And they're now looking at introducing a paywall, something that hasn't really been introduced much in South Africa. Yeah. I know Network 24 did it. <coughs> Mail and Guardian have done it, perhaps to varying success. It's those sort of experiments that are going to push the whole media culture, mm. just as one aspect forward. And I think other businesses are watching. Uh, and it's, it's, it's tough. It's a very, very tricky thing to do. If it doesn't succeed, what does that do to the bottom line? Mm. But uh, that is uh, that is an example of what's happening in media. Right. So Okay, so the broad statement is generally business is not ready for it. They're not doing it really well. But um, are you seeing it – even a small increase, hopefully, of of people that are doing it well and and getting it right. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you could probably call it just the natural evolution. And and again, it reverts back to a theory I have that as oh, as I said, millennials enter the workplace. I keep coming yeah. back to that word. <laughs> uh, as they enter more important positions within a business, uh, they will bring that uh, digital advocacy, to use another word popular within the advertising industry, with mm-hmm. them, and and understanding of the platform and. I think the generational change would be an important aspect of it, mm. and people will embrace it. But often I find, um, especially if you run a digital campaign, um, if you don't know what you're measuring or what you want to get out of it, you, uh, digital measurement is one big question within yes. the digital industry, within TV and more traditional forms of media. There are standard forms of measurement. In digital, there's no one set agreed form of measurement, which in a way hurts them because mm. uh, a lot of the people uh, – I know at Lurie's there's a lot of chat about – 
uh, digital being first and how do we make it more mm. important? The problem is it's not trusted yes. by people. If you, if you run a television advertisement, you can tell them how much it costs, how many people it reached, so on and so forth. There's still that uncertainty around digital. But I think as it develops more, uh, and South Africa is a little bit behind the curb compared to mm. uh, developed markets in Europe and the United States and, and certain areas within Asia, uh, we will see gradual change. It has to. That's where business is going. Mm. Same as e-commerce. Even though it's quite small in South Africa, it will likely grow in the future, as, as people say. Absolutely. So, so to sum up, as we know, the tsunami is coming. If you're in business, be ready for it. Figure it out because it is – it is a it is a fact of business today, yes. and 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 there's great value in getting it in getting it right. Yeah, if you're brave, the opportunities are there. It's just being Absolutely. smart. It's about being smart and looking at it. Uh, social media, for, for example, Snapchat, not big in South Africa yet, but that means there's a lot of first to market opportunity mm-hmm. there. So it's about businesses being sharp, wise, and and maybe taking a bit of a risk. But the opportunities are there. So be alert. Yes. My, so. my guest today on Digital Influence has been Adam Wakefield, a journalist from Media Update. Adam, thank you very much again for coming in and being on the show. No, thank you. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, and go and check it out. Go and check out Media Update and see what it is they do. We do lots. We do lots. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you'll find it interesting. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, and thank you very much for listening and catch you next time. Cliffcentral.com.